Play this backwards and you'll hear my words. I'm a demon and you'll feel my burns. Seriously, take my words and message if you want the devil's blessing. It's satanic panic. It's pseudophiles. Yep. Um, and like you have to like reach to get the toilet paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost <laughs> set myself on fire. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was like, why is my arm getting hot? Well, that would have been entertaining. <laughs> I love everything about my new house except it was built in 1896 when like the average human height was like four foot <laughs> or something. So like all the bathrooms are like hilariously small. Oh. I wish we had one more set of headphones that we could use. It's a, it's a real shame because she can't hear us without them. <laughs> you don't get the full experience That's without true. the headphones. That's true. Uh, just get your heads close together and you can probably make that. <laughs> I'll just around. snap sure, in half. We'll do the old I'm sure Kate would appreciate that like with her headphones. Yeah. <laughs> no one will mind. This is a... Wait, are we... Have you already hit the... Oh, yeah. I just hit record like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so Kate will let Alex use her headphones, but she doesn't want to use mine because I have dirty ears. No, right? that's not why. <laughs> that's not why. She would just prefer to use her own over somebody else's, and she had buds. That's what she was getting at. Anyway, <laughs> we've got a returning champion, Alex. Yes. Undisputed. Undisputed. World's number one Unrivaled. guest host of yeah. all podcasts in the world. And our, our one fan. That's, <laughs> that's right. Dominica. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> See, dreams do come true, guys. <laughs> it's all been building to this. Mm-hmm. I just realized I'm going mm-hmm. to be like clacking a lozenge right into the microphone. Oh, so that's like, okay. That's like you no w- worse than you chewing ice constantly. <laughs> you just got to really like, I made roll sure. it around in your mouth so you get the nice teeth clacking sound. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. L- lots, lots, of, lots of smacking between words. Yes. <laughs> this, is, um, I, uh, this is our first time using these, these new kick-ass arms. The yeah. mic stands? Is, yeah. yeah, whatever you call them. <laughs> <laughs> these arms, yeah. It's a, it's definitely nicer. We have more room for our feet. This is great. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do feel weird so far away. I just don't want to breathe on anyone. Yeah, you I'm moving away from the to mic breathe to breathe. On breathe on. <laughs> I don't want you to breathe on me. We should probably burn this microphone after. I'll probably just throw that little spongy thing in the in the washer. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Torrance, Wait. you didn't you didn't see this, but when we were upstairs earlier. You would like walk around and touch certain things, and then you'd walk out of the room, and Kate would bleach everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> They're just prepping to kill you at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, I'm sick if that's not clear. So I'm gonna Actually, be a- Torrance is just disgusting. We do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a daily thing. He just now realizes that Kate does that. Kate just follows him around <laughs> with a bottle of bleach literally every day. <laughs> I just realized this is going to make recording this and making it funny really easily because we can just turn over to Dominica and uh-huh. if she's like losing her mind, it's a great part and you should keep it in. She's just like, mm. uh, <laughs> we'll leave it right Skip out. It, delete. <laughs> yeah, we'll be our gauge. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, this week we all kind of researched a little bit about the satanic panic, which we I feel like we've mentioned this before in other episodes. I feel like it came up 
I feel like it might have come up during Mothman. I think or it, it might did. Just be pro- projecting, that. and I know that it's come. It came up in the possessions, <laughs> the possessions, <laughs> the possessions and exorcism episode. I know that for sure. Yeah, it's definitely come up more than once, uh-huh. at least in passing. Uh huh. And this is like one of my favorite subjects. Mm-hmm. As a Satan worshiper, I could tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. I've said before, I really considered being a card carrying Satanist. <laughs> you only have to you pay two hundred dollars and you you get a card <laughs> and it says you're a Satanist. That's a great one from the like the local police department pulls you over. Just have that fall. <laughs> oh my bad. I I'm sorry about license. that. Or if anyone like comes to your door from a church, you just hand them your card. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a two hundred dollar bit, but I think I would do yeah. it. It's, it's a, you can get a lot of mileage out of that. Bit yeah, yeah. Two hundred bucks. You probably could. And it's not really funny, but it is... How many people do you know are card-carrying Satanists? Is <laughs> <laughs> it an achievement if, to mark off your list? If your nothing else, list? it uh, will supplement my personality a little bit, make me more interesting. What I, I know about the Church of Satan, mm-hmm. I feel like that was a bit they probably developed out of some pastor saying, and these members of... The, these card-carrying members <laughs> of the Church of Satan, and they're like, yeah, we have cards, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I follow the Church of Satan I feel Twitter. like that's just a, a capitalist ploy to make money for yeah. people who just want the card, you know? It's totally what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a clip of Oprah from, like, back in the late 80s. And, a fellow uh, Satanist. And <laughs> <laughs> She, it was back when she would go into the audience and walk around and ask people questions yeah. from the uh-huh. audience. And they had a, a Satanist and his wife on the show. like So they were up on stage and she was taking audience questions. And the Satanist, like the guy looked like the captain from Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> like I was expecting him to talk like this. And... Uh, but he was like, you know, super composed, and there mm-hmm. was this guy in the audience that uh, kind of looked like Timothy McVeigh to me. Oh, jeez! And he was like saying how he was a member of the Church of Satan in 1982, and they performed a ritual and murdered someone. Yeah. And this guy just like lie after lie after lie was piling up on this guy. Uh, Timothy he, McVeigh was looking guy was saying this. Yeah, but he was like saying how he was an acolyte in the Church of Satan and blah 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 this blah 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 that. Mm-hmm. And this guy that was actually from the Church of Satan was saying like uh first of all there are no there's no such thing as an acolyte in the church of satan <laughs> and he's like you know he was asking them like if he remembered names and stuff and this guy just like dug a deeper and deeper hole and it was like a really seven minutes of cringe yeah <laughs> is qu- quick question is oprah's show like the original ask me anything <laughs> like today on oprah's ask uh-huh. me anything we have a, a card carrying member of the satanist church like Dude, is- if you watch like she had a lot of crazy shit back in the 80s when she would take audience questions uh-huh. um, i mean some of it got super like heated like she had some uh like skinhead white supremacist yeah. people on there oh, those are gosh. actually some pretty popular clips still on uh-huh. youtube it's like that i mean it's the louis ck bit right about how there's like the two oprah episodes there's the one where she's just like giving away cars to everyone in the audience and then there's the one where like the lights are really low and the light comes up on her and she's like pornography and you're like, oh, <laughs> wow, we're going there at nine in the morning <laughs> this is happening um do we want to have like torrents give an uh, overview for those listening at home to what we're referring to when we say the satanic panic oh yeah absolutely that'd be good. yeah um, you got it Sydney, you might have some because you actually looked at some of the origins. I didn't even look at that. I was mostly going to talk about my personal experience with it. But to be brief, the satanic panic was uh, just a time what probably started during the 80s or late 70s. Late 70s yeah, into late the 70s. 80s. Yeah. I think a lot of it was stoked by televangelists and uh, 
a lot of fear about um, youth culture and kids getting influenced to mm-hmm. turn to the devil. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it went f- from everything from like uh, the shows that they're watching to the books that were popular, the music, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. I had a book growing up that I feel I'm pretty sure I talked about this. I don't know if it was in one of the episodes that we aired or if it was one of the ones from before, but it was called like the devil in the toy chest or something okay. like that. And I was, vaguely remember that. Yeah, it, it was just talking about how like literally every toy that I liked to play with as a kid was evil, and it was yeah. a gateway to to Satan. Like GI Joes, like, as soon as I said that, saw that said that GI Joes were bad. I was like, well, fuck this book, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I hid it because uh-huh. I didn't want my parents to find it and tell me I couldn't play with GI Joes anymore. Uh-huh. Um, GI Joes, the Smurfs, um, were. Uh-huh. I remember communists uh, or something. Pokemon. Yeah. I remember people saying they were the. The devil. Oh yeah, Pokemon. I wasn't For allowed sure. to watch it or play it or mm-hmm. think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor James Dobson would tell everyone what to do uh-huh. uh, with focus on the family. Which mm-hmm. uh, is this name landing with anybody? Yeah, no. Uh, my parents. I, I have like very distinct <laughs> memories of like driving around in the evenings and my parents listening to them on the radio because they had a couple. Mm. Like I think focus on the family had like a couple of different shows maybe, but they I did. know James Dobson was on the radio like all the time. Yeah, they had a, a huge um, radio presence um, with the, with focus on the family. That was they actually did really good productions for uh, radio theater, like uh, Adventures in Odyssey, right? Adventures in yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, that shit was awesome. Um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, well, they did a, a radio theater of all the Chronicles of Narnia books that were mm-hmm. really well acted. And yeah, I remember those too. Actually, those were good. Um, that was like their their main thing. But yeah, Doctor James Dobson would every day to say, "Well, okay, now these are the bad things." Now, mm-hmm. Pokemon. I don't even know what the opposition. I think it was either because the Pokey. I think they're supposed to like be demons, right? Like every Pokemon was a demon, and they were inspired by actual demons. I don't know. There's a lot of ways they could have gone with it. Another like like, big thing from the Satanic Panic was like backwards masking on records. Mm -hmm. Oh Um, yeah, hidden secret messages. And I've actually like I went through one of those like rabbit hole things on YouTube Mm -hmm. where I was watching backwards masking videos, and of course it starts with Stairway to Heaven. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's the classic one. And then Pink Floyd, they always have that. uh, Yeah, Judas Priest. Uh There's, I mean, uh, yeah, all those metal bands from the '70s and '80s. But there was one where they did. They claim that the Pokemon song says "I love Satan" over and over again. <laughs> I bet you play it backwards. That I mean, part isn't is that really why we catchy to, to it. <laughs> Go Satan! <laughs> did you did you listen to it to sound like that at all? It was bullshit. Yeah. Well, mm. yeah. I, like I said, I don't really know what the, the objection was. Like, I thought maybe it had something to do with the fact that they evolve. So mm-hmm. I uh, actually, um, and this is going to be like very like half memories here, but. Um, sure. Focus on the Family did a magazine called uh, Plugged In, and basically the idea was it was a – it's actually a really brilliant idea. Uh-huh. Was It was basically a uh, digest for parents that basically they could see, like, what were the big albums coming out this month, oh, yeah. uh-huh. movies that were coming out, and basically okay. the idea was to kind of give them a thumbs up or thumbs down. Is this something your kid should be into? And I remember them doing, like, a – a digest on anime actually like the early <laughs> like late 90s uh anime when it was still like you know mm-hmm. going to suncoast and buying a 50 dollar dvd of some mm-hmm. really messed up anime and mm-hmm. i i think probably if if i remember this 
focus on the family's bend with it was that it was like the culture it was coming out of both like um you know there is a lot of like nods to the pokemon design in terms of like Mm -hmm. japanese culture and mythology and then um they pointed to like kind of anime in general as like well there's like Mm -hmm. some really jacked up stuff and i remember looking back on it like they like lumped in like hentai and anime oh my my gosh no no and um I think it was it was it was a classic situation of this is a new thing. So that has never of, we've not seen anything like. So it what before. about like Little Mermaid? Yeah, well, for them it's like <laughs> you know they re- they did understand like you know Japanimation as it was cool to call mm-hmm. it back yeah. then, but Japan as that being animation. its own unique thing and its own kind of genre of entertainment, and uh-huh. I think that they just kind of took a uh, better safe than sorry approach with a lot of it. Yeah, which yeah. at the time, especially you know before you had like Funimation and Four Kids and a mm-hmm. lot of the. Uh, Studios that have kind of adapted Japanese anime more for um, you know Western audiences. Mm-hmm. It was there was no distinction between like Ninja Scroll and Pokemon mm-hmm. if you went to the DVD store. Right. Like it was all the same stuff. And kind of speaking to that concept, like you could even take it to music. You know, there was that big distinction growing up, and I always heard the term secular music yeah. versus yeah. Christian oh, music. Yeah. You know, I heard that growing up. Too. Oh yeah. yeah. So they always like put them in two separate categories. Like this is not what you don't want to listen to. It's secular music. Yeah, so similar to similar to Sydney, I kind of fell through a YouTube rabbit hole on this one as well, and I was uh-huh. watching a really good documentary, and it was really focused on kind of the history of Dungeons and Dragons and the mm. Satanic Panic, but mm-hmm. he kind of went back to the roots of it, and it was basically talking about, you know, post-World War II, pop culture America, we're in the middle of the Cold War, and as kind of a counterculture movement, um, Anton LaVey starts the Church of Satan, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. was really, it was really a counterculture movement. It was uh-huh. saying, "Hey, here's all these organized religions, and here's our critique of them." Right. And you know, this church is really more of a metaphorical church than a real church. Yeah. Uh, and he was very vocal about his beliefs, and not super sure. vocal about clarifying what he didn't stand for because he was kind of one of the first trolls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, I, I feel like a lot of it was. Uh, the Satanic Panic was really just a culmination of a lot of weird stuff going on and mm-hmm. like America's moral struggle trying to figure out like what kind of the culturally acceptable uh-huh. path was for America at large. And then you had, um, you know, pop culture and media was becoming more and more prevalent, and bigger than it had ever been. If you think mm-hmm. about the rise of home video in the 80s, if you think about the prevalence of music in the 80s, if you think about. You know, you have rock and roll that's really started to turn into heavy metal, which some people yeah. view as like a more extreme version of rock. You just have a huge amount of countercultural changes happening all at once. And then you have mm-hmm. uh, sort of a, a battle for the morality of America happening. And then uh-huh. you have probably, you know, a group of baby boomers that feels like the uh, American values they have is being encroached on very quickly mm-hmm. by a younger generation. And I think that that all culminated into what we call the satanic panic, where basically. Mm-hmm. You had two or three instances where a kid committed suicide or overdose or something like that, uh-huh. and um, investigation into the circumstances would reveal that hey, they were basically what we yeah. call now huge nerds. They played D anD D. They love Lord of the Rings. Right. They listen to heavy metal, and so it, you know it's just like we've seen in more recent years with video games. Where it's like, well, hey, mm-hmm. this guy who shot up a school plays video games, therefore the thing to blame is video games. That's the the easiest scapegoat, right. and so I feel like. You know, D&D is such a weird thing to begin with. And then uh-huh. you have all this uh, symbolism and things like casting <laughs> spells and stuff that seems very on the surface, right. very counter to traditional American mm-hmm. values. Yeah. And then these kids that have these really tragic things happen to them. And it's I think it was very easy to trace yeah. a through line to people that sure. had a very high level understanding of that. 
Yeah. yeah, I think parents were very concerned at the time. I mean, especially with their kids, there's a lot more to be exposed to gradually. I, I would think like the, the trajectory of change during that time was immense. Oh, and yeah. so when kids, they were very concerned that their kids were being adjusted to the right or being exposed to the things that they thought was morally acceptable. Oh yeah. So you have these games coming out like D and D. You have all these different countercultures that are also on the rise. You have all this different kind of music and what when there's so much content out there, which is kind of the same problem today. What do you shield your kids from and what don't you? And Absolutely. So, and also with the constant awareness of child abuse at the time, which was yep. in the forefront of all of their mm-hmm. minds, it just kind of culminated all that together into one enemy yeah you know? all of these like mass panics over the past decades are definitely products of just whatever is happening um socially at, at, at the time during in, like in the country you know like you mentioned communism i mean it was almost uh, the satanic panic was almost like a mccarthyism era yeah. like it was mm-hmm. almost like its own kind of communism like are you now or have you ever been like you know right. do you play dungeons and dragons do you play mm-hmm. video games well you're you know you're getting you're dabbling with satan here you know and uh yeah i think anything like especially like Nowadays, with people blaming video games, you know, like Alex said, mm-hmm. it's just it's I mean, and, you know, with rock music, you can go back and, you know, those people could have told their parents like, well, weren't your parents upset about Elvis? But, you know, you listen to yeah. Elvis, you know, it's the same shit. It's just a vicious yeah. cycle of the older generation thinking that mm-hmm. the younger generation is so much worse. I'm a afraid of that happening to me i'm I'm going to try to be hyper aware yeah because we can stay current yeah we can talk about this but it's always something that they just the older people just can't understand and i'm afraid it's going to be something like that for us it's hard for us to imagine there being something that we just don't understand and being scared of it or if if nothing else just being confused and feeling out of touch by Wouldn't you say that like our generation has become one of the more self-conscious or self-aware generations as to what has happened? Because we have we're exposed to so much information, we have a lot more to, I think to we're a- read through, so we can see the like the history a little bit better. Yeah, it's I, not all words of, word of mouth anymore. You know, I think we are pretty, or at least have some more. We're a little more self-aware than. I don't know. I, I say that. I'm actually not sure if that's true. Yeah, I'm we're, not sure either, but. Also, depending on what kind of culture you're talking about, there's some pretty out of touch yeah. people my age. Well, millennials, uh, I mean, all of us here are millennials, and I think that we experienced such an exponential rate of change in technology, mm-hmm. and we just, like, we were growing up in this era of things that were just coming out that, you know, 20 mm-hmm. years prior, even 10 years prior to the iPhone people would have told you you were crazy. They were like, oh, you can just touch a screen and move things around and call somebody. And, Uh you know, I mean, I had my iPhone out around my grandpa and he was like, what is that? Like, he didn't even know that it was a phone. Like, he Mm -hmm. was just taken aback. (sighs) And so, like, just imagine, like, being alive, you know, any time, like, I don't know, taking a time machine from the 80s Mm -hmm. and then, like, going to 2006 and seeing Mm -hmm. iPhones and and video games, like, Mm -hmm. that look realistic. Like, so I really feel like we experienced... uh, like a huge change i mean you know the the 50s saw the television mm-hmm. and you know the you know other things like that like as far as technology was concerned but it was yeah. nothing like what we experienced and just to that note like just um that's crazy to think that the 50s was television and now it's not even 100 years later and, and we already have it's obsolete almost yeah. like at so this point yeah. yeah it's crazy yeah i mean think about how many people you know our age that don't have cable i yeah. like i don't have time. cable yeah. I, don't, I don't know anybody <laughs> our age that has cable i don't either it's all streaming Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's more convenient. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had uh, I actually had Cox. Uh, for those of you at home, Cox is the local internet provider. Um, <laughs> call up and basically, they were trying to pitch me on this package, and they're like, "Hey, millennial, um, we have this great package for you. We'll upgrade your internet, and we'll give you." digital streaming channels so you can just log in and watch any channel you want I'm you like mean, so i'm logging in and i'm watching the channel yeah and there's like channels i watch so yeah uh, but there's no cable box so it's basically just my laptop is the cable box no yeah. it's streaming i was like okay <laughs> i got it i got it so netflix <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no that was yeah it's crazy to think mm-hmm. about how much this stuff has changed one of the really mm-hmm. interesting things i saw with this topic in particular was um you know, you had these kids that committed suicide, um, and you would have these investigations going into it as any time mm-hmm. you have with a death like that. And what was crazy was I really feel like this is one of the m- moments that we started to have, like, um, social awareness to fakers in terms of mm-hmm. people who are self-proclaimed experts. Mm-hmm. So um, there were a lot of people who kind of rose up to, um, you know, talk down about D&D during this time when there's a lot of those mm-hmm. correlations being drawn and there was this guy in the video I was watching who claimed that Gary Gygax the guy who created mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons consulted with him in the 70s to make sure that all of the spells and incantations he put in the rule book were accurate to real witchcraft because he claimed <laughs> he was like a practicing um, warlock and that he was a Wiccan what? and a Satanist at the same time. And, <laughs> and like ridiculous. all this crazy stuff. And then like he like came to Christ and then he had this whole circuit ministry where he would go around mm-hmm. and talk about like the evils of Satanism and D&D uh-huh. and kind of roll all that into one. Yeah. But then you start digging into some of the things he had to say and he claimed he was a vampire at one point and claimed <laughs> he knew real life werewolves. And there's a lot of stuff. That Don't we all? It was... So. I think it was the culmination of, you know, you had the 24-hour news cycle finally coming into its own in mm-hmm. terms of, like, always on news, and you always have to be reporting, and you always have to have something to say about it, uh, and sensationalism becoming even crazier. And it's like, hey, this guy says he's an expert. He says he knows what's going on, and people wouldn't lie about that. Let's give mm-hmm. him a microphone. Yeah. And so you had a lot of knee-jerk reactions where you have a generation that is not used to having to be skeptical of experts. Uh-huh. And then having a lot of people that are like, hey, this could be my 15 minutes now saying that they're yeah. a doctor in whatever <laughs> BS subject that you yeah, need a doctorate I, in to talk about. I watched a video that was uh, almost like a PSA or it was uh, supposed to be or what they claimed that it was is like that uh, something that police uh, or like uh, aspiring police officers would watch in the academy or whatever. And this was like from 94, I think. And it was <laughs> this uh, it was horribly narrated by this retired police officer and yeah it was terrible you i mean you could tell he was reading but he couldn't read very well i don't think (laughs) and so he was just talking about the dangers of satanism and our kids Mm -hmm. are getting involved in this and these are the things you need to look for when criminal activity is involved in these rituals and and it was funny because it opened up and uh the narrator was like uh yes satanic rituals are involved and we know that all this stuff takes place and yet we have no case Mm-hmm. So like they had zero evidence of this shit, but they were just like playing it off like it was totally real and factual. And the best part of the video was this uh, priest who had, who was a former Satanist, but now yeah. he was a priest. Of course, classic story, you know. Tale as old as time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Satanist turned priest. Um, he he and it, the guy was hilarious. He looked like uh, I don't know if Joe Dirt and Dana Carvey had a child. <laughs> like, he I want to see that like now. the most amazing <laughs> mullet. 
and he was uh, <laughs> he's like very informed on Satanist rituals, and he was like, yeah, we used to go to this part to perform our rituals, and and he's like, I'll uh, I'll just take you there now, and of course the camera falls into this park, and he's like, and you know. When you're walking around, you can look for things like uh, certain symbols or markings that they like to leave. And he's like, oh, well, look, we've got one right here. And it was like literally (laughs) the first tree in the park. Like they had drawn. uh, And it was funny because he walked up to it. He's like, now this you can see. um, Well, this is actually a pentacle. um, A pentacle? A pentacle. (laughs) And so it was apparently like a instead of being a pentagram, they drew it like upside down. So it made like a actually like a good symbol. He's like, this is actually a pentacle, and like, you could almost see him wanting to say, "Cut, cut, guys! You drew the wrong fucking thing on the tree." <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, it was like seriously twenty minutes of them uh-huh. following this guy around this park, and they kept. It was so staged; uh-huh. it was hilarious. They kept finding. He's like, "Oh my god!" And you can see an upside down cross over here. It's just, uh, you know, this is definitely a bastardization of uh, the classic. Uh, Christian symbol. And <laughs> I would love to have, like walked up to a tree that had like J loves H and like sort of edged into it. You see this here <laughs> is the evilest of symbols. Yes. Jason loves hell. That's what it seems for. <laughs> this is uh, one of the worst ones. But... I was When you were telling that story, I was imagining like a Mel Brooks scene where he's like, yeah, you know, if you're walking through the park, you can see these classic signs of Satanism. And it's uh-huh. just like some white banner hanging from a tree that says Satan rules. <laughs> 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 It was really playing like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, and there's a lot, a lot of people that like jumped onto this because it really, uh-huh. it really did stem out of like rock and then a couple of situations mm-hmm. where some bad stuff happened to kids and it got linked yeah. to that. And it was just like everybody piled onto those like three or four instances and started trying to find, it was, I mean, mm-hmm. it was really like a witch hunt is the best term yeah. for it. It was just trying to connect that to everything. And I saw, um, one of the biggest proponents of this was this psychologist. I believe he was a real psychologist. I didn't actually <laughs> go into that, but he wrote a book about how he hypnotized his wife, who was his patient at the time, which is yeah. already a little weird, uh, but yeah. hypnotized his wife and... Um, <laughs> she started remembering all of these instances where she was like kidnapped by these Satanists and they made her perform these rituals. Mm -hmm. And it became like, I mean, it became like a New York times bestseller, you know, all over the place. I can't remember the Mm -hmm. name of it. Was it someone remembers? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Oh gosh. I, Oh, I just read, I just read this. It was, uh, it starts with an M. It's not Mary. It was, uh, Martha. (laughs) No, God, I I actually just had an article up about it, but anyways, continue talking. Yeah, it was, and it was a, um, it was a widely circulated and a book that was accepted as like a, Hey, this guy's a, again, going to, back to that fake expert thing. This guy's a psychologist. He has a doctor in this. Stuff. Michelle, Michelle. Michelle remembers. Remembers, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was only until, um, like the early nineties before that book was, um, finally discontinued because they had finally mm-hmm. done some investigation. And I can't, I can't remember the particulars of it, but they basically were able to disprove that some of the things mm-hmm. she claimed from a timeline perspective just couldn't well, have happened. And, and another thing that bothers me about the whole thing is that he, like the psychologist is, who was talking to Michelle, like that's his wife now. Like they're yeah, married. Yeah. That's such, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can we discredits that to get me. Uh, heavens for real also taken off the, Bookshelves. I hate this. I hate. You know what we need to have? A good old fashioned book burning. That's yes. right. There are certain ideas that are just not exactly. Safe. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and there was a few. I mean, there's several books that were written about basically adaptations of these, which really, in retrospect, is really messed up because you're basically profiteering off these kids committing suicide. Right. Yeah. People writing books that were basically 
dramatizing these scenarios and how they always ended up. And you guys had talked about you would watch Mazes and Monsters, which yes. is actually an oh my adaptation gosh. with Tom We'll talk Hanks. about that some more. Yeah, uh, but uh, basically telling the story, and the, the story would always be something along the lines of this kid starts playing Dungeons and Dragons or some mm-hmm. off-brand name of it so they don't get sued. And, <laughs> and uh, they, and monsters. they make this character and they get really involved and it takes over their oh life and now they can't tell the difference between their life and their character's life. And then they always wander into the sewers for some reason yeah. and die. Well, and, uh, this, like, Mazes and Monsters. So Sydney Torrance and I watched this a couple days ago, and I had never seen it before. And it's so hilarious, first off, to see Tom Hanks as such a young kid yeah, being portrayed in this light. And it's supposed to be a warning to <laughs> playing Dungeons & Dragons, which really, in all honesty, it was not that at all. It was the psychotraumatic drama that he went through because he lost his brother at a yeah, young age. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And he was using dungeons or mazes and monsters as a crutch. Well, I loved how that is like, you think the movie's going to end. So like they go through this whole yeah. thing, like where the kid convinces them to go to a cave and play it for real. It'll be like, we're actually our characters. And, you know, and then of course Tom mm-hmm. Hanks has like a mental break. And, like, mm-hmm. walks to New York and goes to, like, jump off one of the uh, World Trade Centers. And they all, like, grab each other and hug. And they're like, oh, we found you. Thank God. Yeah. You think that's going to be the end of the yeah. movie. Which it should have been. And then it shows them going to visit him on, like, his parents' farm. And spoiler. He, yeah. But, yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. If you have not seen Maidens and Monsters, don't. Because I'm going to tell you what happens <laughs> right now. Um, but what does he end up? Yeah, he's like, they're like, oh, hi. It's so good to see you. And he's <sighs> like. What was his name? Even I can't He's remember. Like, he I says one of their characters' Hall names. I am Gagnarok or something of the like the high mountains. I am a chieftain of my clan, and like he's just like, "Are you ready to go on an adventure?" And then like her, the girl's voiceover is like, "And we quested until the dust came, and that was the last time we ever hung out together." Yeah. <laughs> you're just like Jesus Christ. I like how kid. they decided they weren't going to be friends with him anymore, but they did get in one more. Yeah, they got one more. Yeah. They cut it off. Let's go LARPing, you crazy person. <laughs> so weird. LARPing with the mentally ill. I, I mean, that that movie honestly kind of messed with me a little bit because it, was, it was, ben so was ridiculous. Ben was in a weird state after that movie. <laughs> the rest I of could the not get over it because the poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was that was a weird decision that they made to yeah. have him, yeah, go back and still be insane and it, wear his all white <laughs> clothes. That was I really loved it though. I loved. Uh, yeah, he his, looked like Frazier going to play tennis. At yeah, TV. exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, that's pretty accurate. He, uh, yeah, he's so young in it, but his voice is still the exact same. Still that Tom Hanks mm-hmm. voice, which is yeah. always throws me. Well, weirdly, he was still, even at that time, I mean, you looked up his age at that time. He was 26. Yeah. yeah. So he was still kind of mature. I mean, you're, you know, you're thinking like of him as a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I would, th- I would have thought he was 18 yeah, or but 19, he, but that was so far, like so mm-hmm. long ago. Yeah. And he didn't have quite like any of his tendencies that you expect from Tom Hanks, like his little voice cues and stuff. Yeah. It was still it was very different. early in his career, but he definitely uh, was like in his 30s or something before he got any big roles. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, what, how old was he when he was in Bosom Buddies? That was. Was, was that, he younger than that? He was pretty young in Bosom Buddies, but he's like college. Do we age. have to pull up Tom Hanks' IMDb right now <laughs> just to fact check this stuff? I don't really care that much, honestly. <laughs> but aren't you curious? No. Okay. Then I, keep talking. I'm curious. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. Make a thoughts? I'm just so, like, an odd to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> I like, I like it now. 
Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. We like it. We all like it. We love, we love you. This is going to be 100%. our top downloaded episode. I can feel it. <laughs> I can too. Um, so, Torrance, you had mentioned that you had like a lot of things in your childhood that you felt like oh, were yeah. affected by, I guess, probably really like the ending of the Satanic Panic. It was. Of our ages, but, but they're in the uh, evangelical church that still there's a lot of holdovers from that. Oh, sure. So, you know... You know, when I was growing up, Harry Potter was becoming a big deal, and that was a big no-no. Nothing with mm. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Wasn't allowed to watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, Bosom yeah. Buddies was before Mazes and Monsters. It continued. was? Yes. <laughs> wow. But his first role was He Knows You're Alone. That was his first role yeah. of all time. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, it yeah. does. Tom Hanks knows you're alone. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um. What was I going to say? But so yeah, there was a lot of stuff that, like I said, my parents would learn from Doctor James Dobson that I wasn't supposed to like Pokemon. Although I really think what boiled down to is my parents just didn't like the way it looked. That was my mom's issue yeah. with it. I wasn't necessarily not allowed to watch anything, yeah. or like she didn't really. Honestly, thinking on it now, she didn't really regulate much of anything. <laughs> I, I well, wasn't. Oh, I think sorry. as long as it oh, wasn't good. graphically sexual, that was her boundaries. Yeah. She was like, as long as there's no like graphic. So like GTA, I couldn't play GTA. Sure, right. Uh, yeah, I, I and either. I understand that. I, I wasn't I allowed it. to play murdering it. hookers and it was a bit much. Stealing cars. It's a bit yeah, much. For, I feel like be, that's you know, a fairly reasonable I mean, thing to not let your kids play. Yeah, that's the point where I definitely appreciate the ratings mm-hmm. on games, but. Um, like Pokemon, I, yeah, she didn't want me watching that mainly because she didn't want it on her TV. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that a lot of people didn't let their kids watch anime. I mean, it was kind of new-ish at the time. I mean, especially in right. America, and it's just kind of that whole uncanny valley concept to yeah. the parents. Like it's just yeah, so just, unsettling like, just a little bit to them. They just don't like it. it's un- unfamiliar to them, really. Yeah. So I, I lucked out because I um, I really think what happened is probably uh, I got into Pokemon so rapidly. Like I was like just immediately. Yeah, I was into, into it too. Into the yeah. cartoon, into the card game, and then I remember. I was into the card game. I too. remember in my uh, on my it was like sixth or seventh birthday, seventh, seventh or eighth birthday. Um, uh, we were getting in the car to go somewhere, and my dad was like, "Oh, by the way, you might want this." And he hands me a Game Boy with like Pokemon Yellow, and I was like, "Yes!" Yeah. And just yeah. like totally jazzed. But best day I, ever. I think what was really awesome was that. Um, I got into Pokemon so quick that it was one of those things that they're like, okay, it's not a question of of if he should get into it or not. It's like, Mm. he's really into this thing. Let's try Mm -hmm. to understand legitimately, like, what are the the potential dangers Uh of it? Is there anything we should be worried about? And they actually spent a lot of time actually, like, researching and watching my show. And really, like, okay, like, there's some stuff on here that, like... You mm-hmm. know, maybe we want to keep an eye on, but there's not really anything in here that we're that worried yeah. about. It's kids going on an adventure and they have little pets. Like, it was not a big deal. Yeah, I love that perspective because I think too many, like, especially, I think, like, Harry Potter. Oh, Parents yeah. hated when their kids watched Harry Potter because Pastor so and so said it was a bad idea. Yeah. And they didn't really do any research. They didn't look into it and, and figure that out was why. One, that was one that I. So, that <laughs> one and D&D were really the two that my family, when I was growing up, were like very mm-hmm. much like, we got to stay away from that. It's uh-huh. not good. Mm-hmm. Um, D&D was really, I because I was so young and, like, really D&D kind of fell out of, like, popular mainstream pop culture in the early 90s. I, I think probably as a, as a backlash mm-hmm. to the Satanic Panic. But um, D&D was one that I just knew, like, growing up, like, that's a bad thing. You should yeah. stay away from it. And I never, like, looked into it at all. And it was, like, so, like, beyond my age anyways mm-hmm. that it didn't matter. But yeah. um, Harry Potter, for sure, was one that, mm-hmm. you know, our churches talked about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had, they had like a, you know, like a small group kind of thing where they 
<clears throat> actually, I think, had quite a bit of materials from Focus on the Family, who was very yeah. against it. Uh, and there was very much straight up the, the opinion was that this is teaching kids real witchcraft. It's encouraging them to get into witchcraft. They're yeah. going to do all this bad stuff. Um, and it was really just kind of, um, you know, struck from the record in that case. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy, too, because I remember that there was like it was a, a, a point of contention for like a lot of families yeah. in our church about like it was like mm-hmm. this weird like church civil war of like pro yep. and anti Harry Potter yep. in terms of like, you know, if it was good or bad. And um, and I, I at the time was into like um, I, I was like a very good reader at that age. So I was uh-huh. reading a lot of like, um, you know. Adult fantasy sounds really bad, but like, you know, like, <laughs> Some erotica, like novels you know? and like, you Daniel know, Steele. I, I was reading at like a college age and like elementary school. So like yeah. I was just reading full length novels and Lord of the Rings and all this stuff. So sure. it was one of those things where it was like, ah, whatever. And then to me, like from the little stuff I had seen of Harry Potter, it mm-hmm. felt really derivative because like, oh, there's a tree monster. It's like the yeah, ancient Lord right. of the Rings and, you know, they're wizards like Gandalf. So to me, it felt like a ripoff from what very little I knew about Harry Potter, which is hilarious now. But uh-huh. um, And then finally in high school, I was just like, you know what? What the hell? I just want to know. Let me read one of these damn books. Yeah. And so I picked up the first one and I read it. And I remember like talking to him. I was like, Mom, you have to read this book. It's legitimately awesome. Like yeah. you, you would love it. And so it actually turned into this really cool thing where after the yeah. fact, like our whole family like together read through like all seven of the Harry Potter books in like a month and mm-hmm. we'd all finish the book. And as soon as we finished the book, we'd watch mm-hmm. the movie. So we like really like went through them yeah. rapidly and like just in time to see the last one in theater. And I don't think oh, yeah. so it was a really kind of cool arc to it where we got back into it. But it was crazy yeah. because something that our family loved and like we made it a priority to go see it in universal studios mm-hmm. all because of misinformation and because mm-hmm. of people not doing proper research and really being able to speak to things eloquently about why this is good or bad media mm-hmm. for kids, like totally turned off my family to something that we ended up loving as a family mm-hmm. and really brought us together. So yeah. and it's just crazy how that can happen. I don't me. think that's an uncommon story either Absolutely with not. people and Harry Potter, especially because now I think general consensus is that was kind of crazy how yeah. everybody yeah. was so much against it. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, going to say that same, almost exact same thing happened with me. I wasn't able or wasn't allowed to watch it. However, I read it in college just for some reason. Um, I forget why I picked it up, but I was reading it and I was like, because you're rebellious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt so naughty while I was reading it. <laughs> um, I, but I, as I was reading it, I, when I finished, I was like, hey, mom, like you should read it too. Like, I was like, I honestly can't think of a, and this is true. I can't think of a better book series if you're coming from with some sort of Christian perspective that had such a really well-rounded analogy for, uh, Christianity and salvation. Um, oh, for sure. The whole Horcruxes thing and how he has to die and sacrifice mm-hmm. himself. Spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, but, Snape kills Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh, oh, I remember why I read the books uh, is because I had known that Dumbledore dies. I, I had known that that was the only thing I really knew about. So like the <laughs> the main spoiler was that you know that was already gone. But I was curious. Uh, because, or if Snape was actually bad or not. That, from what I knew about the books, I was mm. curious if he was a good guy or a bad guy. So mm-hmm. that never got spoiled for me, and that was that made it worth reading. I'm going to start a punk band called Dumbledore Dies. <laughs> and our, 
I love it. Her first album will be Snape is a good guy in the end. <laughs> I like it. I like that a lot. He's Dumbledore dies actually has a pretty great ring to it. <laughs> As a side note, the Snape kills Dumbledore thing, I was with him where like the two things I knew growing up about Harry Potter was that it teaches kids to love Satan and Snape kills Dumbledore. It was like the two things I knew. <laughs> That's and, all you need to know. That's yeah, it really much it. is. It actually taught me that like getting upset about spoilers is like the dumbest thing in the world because I knew going in like the biggest twist of the book. Yeah. And it was great because you introdu- uh-huh. you're introduced to the character in the first book when he's taking mm-hmm. the potions class. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how does this guy who's like a yeah. really well-respected you know, professor at the school mm-hmm. turn around and kill mm-hmm. the headmaster? Like, how do we get to that point? Like, what is the series of events that gets him to yeah. do that? So then it was really cool because I knew what the spoiler was. But yeah. seeing the series of events that led up to it was interesting. Yeah, but it still doesn't change my... Um, the way I react to somebody giving me a spoiler. Oh, yeah, still no, gonna I'm be upset still, about I still get ragey about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, what was also really weird about Harry Potter and the reaction against it is how much churches just fucking love Lord of the Rings and The <laughs> Hobbit. Because <laughs> you know, he was best friends with, uh, you know... C.S. Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know why. But it's just like, it's, it's so dumb how, what little justification it takes for... What is essentially, like I was saying, I, I think Harry Potter has a more clear Christ analogy in it than Lord of the Rings does. But yeah, but witches and wizards, I can't get and past that. Arguably, like a lot healthier reading for young kids because there's like there's like a lot of stuff in like the Lord of the Rings books that oh, kind of just gets okay, like yeah. canceled out in the movie where it's like, and then they skinned all the orcs and left the skin out to dry, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, all right, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's cool, yeah. Um, well, and uh, so back to the Dungeons and Dragons thing, I yeah. think that in particular. It's it was such a complicated game that it was easy for people to put that under the satanic category without fully understanding. Yeah, it. in defense yeah. of parents, there's no quick way to get into yeah. no, especially <laughs> back then. You have to play it in order to really get it. Yeah, uh, Alex really is goes. the reason that I first played D and D. Yeah, at, over at your house. That's also where I met DJ, friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Jersey Devil episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was a Jersey lot of fun. Devil. That is like my biggest regret i guess about how all that went down because like to torrance's point i i finally wanted so badly to play D D in college after i kind of got mm-hmm. to see what it was about and understand what was so cool about it so and and um yeah we should do like a pseudophiles D special episode yeah, yeah. i'm totally um, down but we, you know, I started a group in college and I kind of built like the Avengers of people to play. <laughs> with. I was like, this guy's hilarious. This guy mm-hmm. knows science stuff. This guy's a designer. Like I just had like the ultimate group of friends to play <laughs> with. It was great. And um, I had like some of the best nights with friends of my life. Mm-hmm. And like nobody was doing drugs. Nobody was doing anything illegal. Like it was like just yeah. the most like good, clean, fun. With and you were doing it all wrong. Like, if you, like, really, if you think about like though, I guess what I'm getting is if you think about it from like a Christian perspective, it's like, mm-hmm. we just want the teens to not do the drugs yeah. and the sex and the, they all talk like Bill Cosby. Yeah. Apparently. yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, if you think about like what, you know, like Christian values are, it's like you want kids to have like a thing they can do together that's yeah. not going to make them pregnant or yeah, seriously. Whatever. And like D and D is like you are sitting around with a group of really good friends. You're spending quality time with one another. You're like having fun. You're making jokes, and you're just like doing this dumb game, and like mm-hmm. nothing. Happens. Yeah, it's like the most wholesome thing. It's like four friends sitting around a table at night. Playing with their imaginations. Yeah, and... it's like it's a, such a sweet boy <laughs> thing to do. But um, 
I don't no, really like I, how you I, worded that. <laughs> I don't know why I said playing with their imaginations. That was a weird way to... That's what I was saying. But no, like... I look at how much fun I had and like just because people move away after college and all that, it didn't last as long as I would have liked it to. But I think about how much fun like elementary school Alex and middle school Alex mm-hmm. and high school Alex would have had, had doing that with friends oh, yeah. at that age. And then like you think about the the um, <laughs> social structure of being that age and like you could be up till four in the morning playing D&D with no consequence. Like that yeah. would be awesome and you have time to play mm-hmm. out these elaborate games. And, oh, yeah. you know, I didn't have that and I don't blame my parents at all because, you know, if I, I feel like oh. if I was in their shoes and like there's this really weird thing. And mm-hmm. everyone I respect is telling me it's bad, and mm-hmm. I've been raised being told it's bad. Yeah. Hell no, I'm not gonna let my kid yeah. do it. Yeah. Like it's a, it's the obvious thing to do. I'm pissed at the people who made probably what I feel like is a snap decision or a poorly thought right. through, a poorly reasoned decision, and then it wasn't like, hey, you know, from what we see, this seems like a thing that you should be careful mm-hmm. about. I was like, no, this will make your kid love Satan. Yeah, and they'll kill mm-hmm. themselves. It was not like a well, be cautious if they're into mm-hmm. this. It was like a. Hell no, mm-hmm. don't let them do this thing. And, you know, I just think about how awesome it would have been to have that experience mm-hmm. and, you know, just the repercussions of, you know, a fake expert yeah. making an opinion on this and then, mm-hmm. you know, having that negatively impact a lot of people. And I was lucky that I had a lot of other interests and passions and things mm-hmm. that, you know, I just kind of put my time into instead. But I think yeah. about kids that, like, what if they were really into this and then, mm-hmm. like, you know, a parent hear something on the radio about how bad D&D is and that's like their thing and that's what they do with their friends and now you know they're probably a weird kid to mm-hmm. begin with because they're playing yeah. D&D and Tom Hanks is telling them not to do right, it right yeah. right but you know I just it it sucks that you know a group of fake experts got together and wanted their 15 minutes of fame and like very adversely affected American culture for a long time yeah. Yeah. because of one snap decision well mm-hmm. I uh, whenever I started playing D&D with with you and stuff I remember just kind of offhandedly saying that to my parents that I was gonna go play D&D and they were kind of like I could see on their face that they're like kind of taken aback for a second and then you could also just see the wheels turn we're like well wait why am I taken aback by and they're like so what exactly is D&D like and then I was kind of explaining it and they're like oh I had no idea that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy because, like, if any of those people on, like, any of those talk shows or movies or anything uh-huh. had, like, sat down and played a freaking game of D&D with the manual in front of them, they would not have the opinion they had of it. Because, like, the mm-hmm. the, the critique is, like, it's teaching kids, like, witchcraft and spells. And, like, I saw this video of some guy on TBN and he was going off about how TBN. like, you know, this kid <laughs> killed himself. And before he did, he read in the D and D book about how to ask for project. And he set oh up the uncanny gosh. thing was the crime scene was he set up all the materials, just like it said exactly how it directed him to in the book. And he tried to kill himself and he, and the weird part of this is he said, and then he shot himself in the head and I was like, first uh, off, there's no guns in D and D. So that's, that's not right. That's straight but, up. Um, but yeah, like it just if they had actually done the research they claim to have done, right. they'd be like, "This is awesome! I want to play." You know? Yeah, and it's um, I mean it's hard when you're being a parent being told by all these people you trust that this is a bad thing and you don't have like the means to look into it. Yeah, and, uh, and I think at that point, it's so misleading. I, yeah, well, again, I think it comes from like a generation growing up with experts you can trust, and it's like they are a person of authority. They've done their research. There's DR in front of their name. They are going to tell me good things, and they are looking out for my best interest, mm-hmm. and they don't... Um, the distrust of information was not mm-hmm. really nearly as prevalent back mm-hmm. then, but um, 
Torrance, to your point, we actually had like a really similar experience, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna give Dominica the mic to to tell the story about. You remember the first time that like I came back from college and we played D and D together? Yeah. Tell the story. Um, yeah, so Alex came home from college and was like, hey, I have this awesome game. It's called D&D. Let's, like, make our characters uh-huh. tonight. Like, make who you are. Like, have a story, a name. Like, get ready to go. And so, yeah. like, okay. So, the next day, he, like, sets up the table and we're, like, all sitting down with our siblings. And, like, he's like, okay, so we're going to go on this, like, crazy adventure. And, like, we're going to have roles and fight monsters. And it was just, like, the coolest experience to have this game where like you're another character and yeah like have skills and yeah yeah. yeah it's such a blast like really whenever i first got into it with alex it was yeah i didn't really know what i was getting into i knew i i liked the mm-hmm. idea but yeah god damn that was so much fun yeah, i miss doing yeah. that i know i wish we would get start up our, our we D&D had group two again. different campaigns we do and we, we need did. to start them back up you guys yeah. need to come play with us it'd Absolutely. be so much fun come do That'd the awesome. the uh, zombie apocalypse one that yeah that fun. one's a lot of fun but i think real quick before we continue let's take a quick break and then we'll get back to it sweet okay very natural ben you listen to a lot of rap sydney <laughs> <laughs> No, is that a, is that a solid no? No, I I listen to some rap. It's not my like main. You, she dabbles. I got you. She dabbles in the rap. I got you. That rap music. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was asking this question earlier. Do we still say hip hop? Is that a, <laughs> yeah, no? Hip hop has definitely like a, a thing. Yep. I, I think yep. it's gotten. I know it's a messier thing. With, like I guess it's it's a genre people refer to as, but I think it's sometimes used as like a backhanded term for like not real rap. You know what I right. mean? Right. Uh, but no, I think, I think hip hop is like Drake okay. and then rap is like run the jewels, Okay, you know, like there's definitely mm-hmm. shared elements of it. Like you would see mm-hmm. with like blues and rock, but like Kanye's hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. Kanye has moments of, I see, I don't know. I would almost say like Kanye writes hip hop songs and then mm-hmm. he writes rap songs. I think that like the amount of like, if it's very and I'm not an expert in this at all, but I would say if it's very... Well, that's the whole reason we came on, had you on, was because you're a rap you're expert. You're right, yeah, yeah. hip-hop expert, Alex yeah. Deloitte. <laughs> you can just tell from the name. Um, no, I think if it's, like, very melodic and um, has a lot of, like, harmony to it, it is a more hip-hop song, where if it's a lot more about, like, you know, the rhymes and the delivery, that is more rap. And I think okay. that they just cross over so much today that it's hard to distinguish. Yeah. I hear that flow is a thing too. Yeah, your That's flow fine. is very important. <laughs> okay, I don't fuck <laughs> with you. <laughs> uh, for wait. are we gonna freestyle? <laughs> <laughs> I was just playing off of Torrance's yeah, and it, it, nobody went with it. So Five it white late. people yeah. talking yeah. about <laughs> rap. Yeah. Oh, you sucker MCs ain't got nothing on me. I like it. Mm, okay. <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about? Satanic what? Panic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> mean Girls, Satanic Panic. Mean Girls. Hip Hop, Satanism. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. How has that not been a big thing? Like what? The, like Hip Hop is of the devil. Is it just rock music? Oh, no, is it, the only music yeah, I think that hip-hop, the devil isn't to? It was. And rap, I think, too. Yeah. I, I feel like I don't think it got the same thing because it wasn't as accessible to... Uh, evangelical white kids suburban kids sure i think that was more they were afraid that if you listen to hip-hop you were going to join a gang or something yeah yeah or shoot somebody or or like do what they wanted you to like we're talking about in the songs it's just crazy because it's like hip-hop is a very new genre and i Uh feel like 
the ultra fundamentalist crowd in America is like, oh, hip hop is like morally bankrupt. Don't listen to it. Rock music with the fundamentalist crowd is like, you are going to worship Satan himself <laughs> if you listen to this particular genre. This just made me think of something else. The One of the most cringeworthy things that I remember growing up and going to like church camps and stuff was when they tried to incorporate rap. Oh, my Christian God. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> it's so painful yes. to listen it to. It always happened like, oh, this will get these kids. This <laughs> Get them to listen to the good word. Oh my gosh! And they like rap part of the New Testament or something. Yeah, turn yeah. their chair around backwards to sit in it and talk to the kids. Mm-hmm. And there's always some guy <laughs> with a goatee. I'm just like one of you. You know, it's so embarrassing. I hated. The, I went to all that stuff though. The mm-hmm. it was a very specific kind of youth pastor that would tuck their shirts in. He had a goatee. Always, but a goatee. he. Uh, was always really enthusiastic. I feel like this youth pastor would typically don a backwards baseball cap if yeah. they did this. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Maybe a cross tattoo somewhere. Oh, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. That's like <laughs> That's like the the parents like he has a tattoo. Oh no. It is a cross though, I guess. I do remember <laughs> uh this one lady that was talking about DC talk and uh mm-hmm. She was trying to explain DC Talk to my mom, <laughs> which is kind of funny. That's hilarious. Uh, but, uh, Can you reenact this entire conversation for me? <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. She <laughs> was so... It was embarrassing for, to me as a kid. She was like, yeah, they're like Christian. They have they have a song that's like, Jesus is still all right with me. And uh, she's like, but it's like... Oh, no, it's that rock music. It's that, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, DC hip, Talk, hop, uh, you know, rock and or roll. DC stuff. Talk like had just some of the softest pop hits that they had. Well, Jesus Freak, I guess, was a little harder and yeah, supernatural. I was really into DC Talk, by the way. <laughs> Even followed all of them after they split up. Toby Mac, yeah, I mean Toby Mac, he did a lot of Kevin rapping. Max, My, Taint. Uh... Oh, wait, Tate, not Taint. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, no. that's staying in there. I'm just saying uh, right now. <laughs> I, I will say I don't have any reason to do this like in defense of Christian music moment, like other than just like being socially conscious or something. I don't know, but I will say the upside of like the Christian versus mainstream music movement mm-hmm. is that like some of the best like like metalcore oh, and hardcore yeah. music in existence. <laughs> Is because of that movement. That like, is, there are so many bands that are like. I mean, you look at like as they lay dying, or you um, know that he tried to kill his wife, or yeah, put, yeah. Put yeah I mean, that, was, that was probably not the best. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, like, there's so many bands that were like incredibly influential in that genre that came out of that movement specifically. Oh man, I know. Don't you don't have to tell me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, well, I mean, not that this is hardcore, but. I, uh, you remember the wedding they had like yeah. that what was that force they had a 479 hardcore song it was just talking about northwest arkansas the scene yeah there. oh yeah. yeah oh i haven't listened to that in a long time i gotta go back to that uh yeah i uh i love that stuff i go to the music hall in fayetteville and see uh demon hunter or he is legend or which those aren't even really the genre that you're talking about but there's a I've always wanted to make a movie. Nobody else is excited about this, but I am. Uh, I've always wanted to make a movie about that weird, weird subculture. It's such a small. You could totally make a really awesome documentary about that. <laughs> yeah, I would either want to do a documentary or just do like a true life early two thousands, you know, movie about some kid just to so people could see that weird subculture that 
popped up. Nobody else would like it. I think it'd just be for me, but <laughs> just be for Torrance. That's yeah. all right. It's your art, Torrance. Yeah. And then I would, you know, have a license some songs from show red or whatever to mm-hmm. play underneath it. You know, I was actually reading this thing that, um, so like EA games, like Madden and burnout mm-hmm. and all of those EA in that sports. Uh, it's in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they Good had another. Oh yeah, challenge everything. <laughs> that oh, yeah. was scary as I hell. Like I like creepy. would legitimately cover my ears when that kid came on because that stuff was jacked. I forgot up, about man. that. Yeah, challenge everything. <laughs> like, oh man. But what about that? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, oh yeah, so they would um, license a lot of Christian music for those games because they knew that they wouldn't have to put any kind of like lyrics notification to ESRB about it mm-hmm. and the licensing fees were cheaper. So there was like a ton of like Christian bands that got yeah. like a lot of mainstream acceptance because of video games, ironically using their music because it was cheaper than licensing yeah. like a top 40 okay. hit. I remember that being a pretty big deal. Like I would find blindside songs in yeah. like uh, Madden 2000, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, that was really cool for me. Cause I had already liked those bands. I was like, what is it doing in this? This is so cool. Um, and they also, I feel like you get those, uh, like a louder Toby Mac song or something like at a sport event. Like, oh yeah, Toby mm-hmm. Mac was like, like the king of like NFL. Openers. Yeah, it'd be like <laughs> it'd play Extreme Days while people were oh, playing yeah. out on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel uh, like Thousand Foot Crutch had like a yes. main opening for like WWE. For yeah, some reason. <laughs> Rock well, Fist or whatever. I yeah. think you're right. I think it was just cheaper, right? Yeah. No, we're like it was making a difference. It's like it was cheap. Is really the answer. <laughs> cost efficient yeah. yeah that thing you were saying like when you were detailing that experience you had with your that woman describing dc oh, yeah. to your mom <laughs> um and you were saying like we were talking about earlier how like we don't want to become those people mm-hmm. like to get so far removed from what's happening like that reminded me of actually uh i went to a church gathering with my mom once and it was mm-hmm. of course just old people everywhere and uh this uh my mom had to tell everyone your mom Melissa's that this, I, by the way she's gonna know you I know. Her old lady no <laughs> my mom was not one of the old ladies <laughs> but uh my mom like has to like tell people like about my hobbies and stuff like oh Sid plays guitar and like stuff like that and I'm just like mom, uh-huh. so. yeah <laughs> and of course you know she was talking to this really old lady and she was like oh well, what kind of music do you like to play and and I just I don't know I'm not very good at talking in those kind of situations so i just i looked at my mom and she was like oh you know she likes like rock and roll and stuff like that and mm-hmm. and this lady was like oh you mean like elvis oh, wow. <laughs> i was like how can you like i know you're old but <laughs> but do you not realize that was like 65 years ago <laughs> like how do you are you that far and he's like no nine inch nails <laughs> Judas priest i like nirvana bitch like no but seriously i was just so taken aback by how far like removed you can get from culture just but by was, like you know and it's like i feel like it's a choice for in a lot of like ways i mean of course you're gonna get left behind uh, <laughs> we always bring up left behind i know <laughs> You guys are going to have to like start paying like a licensing fee to Tim yeah, LaHaye for all of these left behind references. I'm, hey, not, that was a, I'm d- not convinced the rapture didn't happen that night. <laughs> that we haven't seen her since. I, so. haven't <laughs> seen, I don't think we have seen Sarah Smith since that night, have we? She's going to listen to this and like text us. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm alive, guys. It's like, how do I know I don't see your face? Speaking of, that was not in heaven. Also, a DC Talk cover of that song that oh. was playing, mm. so bringing it back around. Yes, <laughs> full circle. Full circle. Um, I have that whole song memorized, by the way. Uh, <laughs> All right, break it out. Let's hear it. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Instead of rapping this episode, we're going to have Torrance singing. 
left behind by no, DC no, God. All the lyrics though was like two men walking up a hill, one disappears, the other's left standing at hill or still. You don't You've know the words. Been left behind. Like yeah, it was just describing these people getting <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. disappearing and <laughs> I'm just picturing that this is the end situation. Oh yeah. Like, literally getting like zapped up through the yeah. ceilings. Uh, yeah. The end situation was my favorite revelation book growing up. Like my favorite the, Christian book series oh. about the end times. The was end it situation. Called? I've the never heard of that. I'm, I'm making situation? this up. Oh, <laughs> you said the end situation. Did I, I just... say the end situation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the the. Uh... Did I say that? You, you oh. either that or I'm just I inventing I said, a bit. I thought that's what you said. I, just, I, know, uh, I desire fame and humor. Rewind the tape. Let's play. I'm confused. Yeah. Uh, Shit, what was I going to say? Who knows? Can we cut all that out? Yeah. <laughs> cancel cancel that no, bit. It's all going to be in there. Well, I was going was to say the end situation sounds like a, one of those books. We, I mean, we just talked about Left Behind uh, on the last episode, we, for sure. Yeah, because, uh, or the possessions. Possessions and exorcisms. Because, yeah, Excuse was... me, I'm eating a cherry. <laughs> I wish we had some gooseberries. Uh, gooseberries? I thought you got some. Uh, no. Oh, oh yeah, you got a... just regular cherries. <laughs> we were at the store i judged torrance for getting the cherries those were 12 dollars. they were i didn't think they were going to be that expensive these are good cherries They're, they are good cherries you got, never mind what <laughs> what's happening with that? i'm sorry uh i had to keep myself from going too inappropriate too fast so something about I'm popping it. yes yeah, something okay. along those lines you just you. hadn't put it together yeah. no i put you, it together you had the ingredients wait well let's lay it on us now my mind went ahead of my mouth and so i was already laughing at it before i got to it <laughs> moving on okay well, fine no i'm disappointed i didn't hear it that's okay you'll hear it at some point i'm sure so uh, we uh, alex has a hypothetical for us this evening yeah, so I was I was thinking about this, and um, it's it's always super easy to just be like, oh, you know, that will never be me. I'll do so much better. And you know, I think getting older has you know eked mm-hmm. out. There's a lot of decisions that you're like, oh, it's so obvious when you're a kid. I would never, you know, I'd never make that mistake. I won't do that when I'm an adult. And you like get older, and you have a little more perspective, and you live a little more life, and you understand that, like, oh, maybe those decisions my parents had to make were not that easy, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if I would have done it that different. And um, you know, the, it's very easy to look back on the Satanic Panic and like really with perspective and knowing what we know now and a little more, um, you know, public knowledge that that was silly. Mm-hmm. But you know, what could be the thing that we run into? So fast forward. 20 years and we all have kids that are 10, 11 years old and mm-hmm. they come home with some new game or some new technology or um, some new toy or whatever. And you're like, I have no idea what this is. Mm-hmm. The, you know, these other parents that I hang out with are saying it's like a really bad thing from what they've seen mm-hmm. on the internet. Like, how would you handle that if your kid is like legitimately into this thing and you have no idea what it is and everyone around you is telling you it's a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Um, how would you handle that? And the second question, what do you what do you think that will be for us? You know, okay, because I I don't think you know us growing up. It was media. It was you know TV shows and games. But for me, I think it's going to be technology. There's going to be some oh, new sure. piece of technology that I'll be scared to death of my kid having. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, self driving cars are going to be a thing here soon. I, I mean, wonder, they're already kind of a thing. I wonder if that's going to change. Like, could you operate a self driving car if you're like underage? I don't. I can't imagine. I, I mean, maybe at I, some point. But yeah, I, don't I was going to say not yet. now, obviously, because you have to have a. Would that circumvent like drunk driving issues that you've had 
or like if you've got your license revoked, I wonder if you could still. I got way off topic. That's you like did, a really interesting that is an interesting one, thought. Though, I've never thought I, about. Uh, I was thinking like you know like morally bad, but like that's right. like where you really think is putting your kid in like physical danger, mm-hmm. like yeah. a self driving car because you'd have to have that trust in that technology to mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, I was going to say like I don't even have to really look at the future when I think about some of the. Well, we were talking upstairs about like YouTube personalities. There's so many just shitty racist YouTube personalities that <laughs> have some gaming channel and they're casually misogynistic and kids don't realize that this is problematic. See, I think I would have an issue with them turning into little shits from these. <laughs> like, I know that that was one of the things my parents didn't like me watching uh, any TV show where the kids were brats to the parents because they thought it would influence me to be a, a little jerk. And, um, so I wasn't allowed to watch like uh, Roseanne. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch Roseanne for that reason. Um, mm. And what a loss! <laughs> uh, there are some other ones, but I can't think of it. But my mom wouldn't let me watch Johnny Bravo because she thought I'd become a misogynist. <laughs> Johnny Bravo was a douche. <laughs> he he was. really was. He was a huge douche. He he did get what was coming to him most of the time. But, he did. Uh, I feel like there would be like so much moral outrage if you like made Johnny Bravo now. Like in in retrospect, <laughs> that's true. I think it's so. like literally just this guy that is just trying to get laid for the <laughs> yeah. entire cartoon show. Just a womanizer. Yeah, well, yeah. Through through. Well, think about the old Looney Tunes. Like just how bananas it was that we would have cartoons where just like a pretty a person would walk by and these fucking like, cartoon dogs like eyes would pop out of their skulls and they like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or like in Space Jam, sexualizing the the female bunny. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, any sexualization was done on your part, Ben. No, That's... it was not. They made it that way. Like they did the slow they just walk and everything. A woman bunny. But... <laughs> no, I mean, we all had confusing thoughts. About... <laughs> Lola Babs bunny. bunny. Or was it Babs or Lola? Babs we... is a different one. Yeah, another sexualized <laughs> bunny. <laughs> What's with bunnies and people no, wanting Babs to wasn't... fuck them? <laughs> Bad Playboy bunnies. Uh, <laughs> I know it's really messed up. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, uh, that was uh, it. Was Jessica Rabbit? Was that? That was a cartoon bunny? woman. Yeah. No, that was. Mm-hmm. Oh, who was that Roger in, Rabbit? Who framed That's, Roger yeah. Rabbit? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Buxom lady friend. Kathleen Turner. Yeah, yeah. Her voice was wonderful. Let's talk about more cartoons that yeah. turned us on. But well, I'm thinking, now like I'm looking back and like our parents didn't have it wrong. Like cartoons were messed up when yeah. we were kids. Well, honestly, I, okay, I was actually thinking of cartoons earlier, and this is a little off topic of the the hypothetical, but I think it'll give us more time to think about it. But like, when did like you know anime and everything kind of start coming into the American culture? Was that like early nineties? Yeah, early nineties. Because like mm-hmm. before that, I mean, American kids just like our parents had like Hanna Barbera. Um, like the Scooby Doo and like the GI mm-hmm. Joes of the of the eighties, and uh, which have now been turned into those amazing YouTube videos. Ones. I uh, love but, those yeah. so much. Um, but like, I feel like the nineties really there was this explosion of what our parents looked like looked at as being just bizarre and weird cartoons. Yeah, and they're like, what the fuck is my kid watching? And even now, like uh, cartoons that are on now, I look at some of them and I'm like. Like, the first time I saw Adventure Time, I was like, what right. the hell is this shit? <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. think it was a kid's show. I thought it was, like, some weird adult cartoon it's on Adult ki- Swim. And I was like, of. are kids watching this? This is bizarre. This is fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. and then I, I watched a few episodes of it, and I still think it's bizarre and fucked up. Wait, which one? Adventure Time. I love Adventure Time so Me much. Yeah. So funny. It I mean, is it's, weird, It's though. a great show. It's very... Um, I don't know, but the like the whole the animation thing, I feel like is the yeah. biggest problem that parents have. 
Um, just yeah. Just just the way it looks and the way it's animated, I, I and would, I can understand some of that. I would also say that like it's something to do with like. Especially if you're watching any of those in subtitles, like something about the way anime gets voiced. Yeah, like mm-hmm. my wife like gives me crap because like I watch anime at home, and she'll be like, "Why is it like every time I walk by and there's like a girl talking in your anime, it sounds like she's like just getting like boned by some dude?" <laughs> it's just like, oh, she's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, it's not weird. I so promise. True, well, it's anime, but it's not that weird. You're like, true sub watcher, then. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there's a lot of street trash. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of yeah strange tropes about uh, Japanese animation, where not just animation, but like the the reaction shots that they they put so much effort into. Yeah. Where, like the like, really zoomed in shot of something. Yeah. Like, ah! yeah, yeah, it's weird, man. Anime like, is weird. Like yeah. in Dragon Ball Z, where they're like straining to For like three like, whole episodes. Show. Oh, and they're just like sweating and it's a close-up of goku's face and he's like turning right like bright red and then he goes super saiyan and it's almost like he's really straining on the toilet <laughs> for real it's really kind mm-hmm. of terrible side note story not related to anything except mm-hmm. anime Yay. i was really into pokemon and i would like watch it um mm-hmm. like like all the time whenever it's on but then i also got really into toonami and oh, like yeah. they, you know yeah. they moved toonami to the evenings mm-hmm. and my dad, like, of course, like, probably heard the Pokemon theme song, like, a million freaking times in the <laughs> house. And so, for whatever reason, any time he would walk in, I was watching Toonami, anything that looked even remotely anime, <laughs> he would just walk by and go, Pokemans! And just... <laughs> <laughs> it would be, like, it could be Gundam, it could be something that wasn't even made in Japan, but if it looked even remotely anime, Pokemans! And you just keep rolling through Is the he associated with that type of anim- like animation, too? Yeah. I-, I guess <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I know, had a yeah, similar I experience with my mom uh, because I would play the the Budokai games the Dragon Ball Z ones. I yeah. loved the Budokai oh, games I was obsessed, so much especially with the first one like I played it I played the entire th- like story through probably five times but like I never really watched the show because it was boring and soap opera ish but the video games were something I played constantly and my mom would call Goku Gopu and like, yeah. my friend's dad would call Vegeta Vajita, like Vajita or Vagina mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, something sure. terrible. And like just every time it was like, oh, there's Gopu. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Go- Gopu going to fight that Vagina yeah. again? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing my dad would do, I just remembered this actually, was if I was watching a sub and there's some guy like in like the manly man, like Japanese dub. Yeah. Like, just, mm-hmm. oh, dad. he'd walk by and go, oh, your Hajime Mashde. Would be the other thing he'd do too. I don't know why. <laughs> I like it. It was like the one phrase he knew in Japanese in any time. He sounds like a fun anytime. guy. Yeah, my, dad's, <laughs> my dad's a trip. I used to, I went on a huge anime uh, kick whenever I was in college, but I would also watch them subbed. And it was one of those things where I, I forget that I'm watching something that's subbed because I would walk into the other room to do something. I was like, why don't I understand what's going on? And it, like, I did, <laughs> I'd hear it, but and then I realized I would have to be reading it. Uh-huh. I'm an idiot, guys. I <laughs> well, I, I think I've had that experience, too, because you eventually forget that you're reading. It just right. comes so naturally. And then you walk away and you're like, oh, wait, I do actually need to see the screen. Do you know they're making a Studio Ghibli uh, theme park? Yeah, I just was reading about that. And they're doing a uh, Nintendo theme park, too. That's yeah. We we were talking about uh, Mario Kart. That's gonna be so awesome. I want to throw turtles at yes. people. Like, banana so, peels. Yes. I mean, they have to feature some sort of gimmicky thing like mm-hmm. that, right? And you know, like the Japan version of that theme park is just gonna be wild. <laughs> <laughs> like, just no rule. There's no laws over let's there. Let's just go there. Crazy. Let's all plan a trip to Japan. <laughs> yeah, pseudophile special episode. Yes, yes. Oh, that'd be amazing. So anyway, uh, my kids that I'm going to yeah. try to <laughs> that you're going to reprimand. Uh, no, I'm probably not going to have kids, but if I have to discipline someone else's, um, <laughs> I would probably 
Yeah, I don't know. Like you were saying in technology and the way that we're... I don't want to be one of these futurist scaredy cats that was like... Uh-huh. Uh, just you know in the future like it's all going to be technology and it's i mean it is though like we already have our phones in front of our faces 90 percent of the time we're already in a simulation as it is yeah right Uh, that's been all but proven yep uh so yeah like we're gonna start talking about like well uh should like is okay to be this involved and yeah i think we're already that discussion is already pretty prevalent. It nowadays, is. And I think it's just going to get more and more of an issue. Um, and I think it's something that should definitely be talked about. Like, um, I mean, I look back at my own childhood and I think, you know, I probably could have done something besides play video games all the time. Yeah. But I also appreciate, like, because, I don't know, mentally I needed that. I needed an escape because I pretty much hated where I lived. I right. hated everything and everyone. And then video games kind of kept me going and kept me alive, I feel like. You could just kill the people you hated. And the music games. did too. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I don't know, I guess for like futuristic, like I think something something that really bothers me about like the internet and like just instant access, instant gratification and things like that is mm-hmm. like how easily accessible porn is nowadays. Oh yeah. And I would be terrified if I had a kid, especially like a young boy. Yeah. I would be absolutely terrified of, of the, the implications of that and how it could affect his young brain and how it does affect the young brains of millions and millions of young boys. It super does. That have instant access to that literally all the time. If they're not monitored, if their internet access and the use isn't monitored all the time, Mm-hmm. And it can't be, you know, I mean, they can go to a friend's house and have access to it or they, if they have an iPhone, they can have access to yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's, it's and so, immediately there. you know, I would, I would, that's something I would be definitely watching out for. And I would just be trying to, without like just constantly being like on their case about it, mm-hmm. I would just try to like talk to them about the dangers of it. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. you know, this can really desensitize you. Like, please mm-hmm. don't do this. Yeah. But I think this, I don't know, like with, like the for like to answer the second question of like what like what's the advent like of something that's like going to be brand new at the time like the virtual reality I feel like <laughs> like mixed with porn oh my god way. I mean that's already, <laughs> already kind of here. I know it kind of already has but if it like I mean just think of like in twenty years how far that's gonna go <laughs> man nobody would have to leave the house or. <laughs> It'll be great. So that would, <laughs> I think what we've established is a big like thing. parents of teenage boys in like 20 years are just screwed. Like the, there's yeah. just no good answer. Uh, well, terrible. I think this is what you should do is you got to sit down and watch it with them <laughs> and give them context for okay, what they're seeing. this son is not realistic at all. It's not. You cannot expect this. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to let you do that. Not I'm going to tell you that right now. And don't you dare ask her to let you do that. <laughs> It is. I mean, okay. I was a little mean, son of a bitch. I I was joking, but I do think honestly they are going to see it, and they need to they need to know like that this isn't like real. They need to have. Yeah, that should have been happening years ago with with you know the yeah. advent of of internet access, you know, and people uh-huh. having constant access to things like that. I, mean, I feel like people should be making more of a big deal about that than they are about video games and TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. Let's lay off of the shit that can actually be constructive Yeah, if, if used properly and if, you know, if it's not, like, something that just takes over your entire life. Let's talk about the shit that is actually mm-hmm. uh, detrimental. Mm-hmm. My mom found porn on my computer when I was 10. <laughs> and? Awesome. How'd that go for you? Oh, I was mortified. I <laughs> did not, uh, did not go near that ever again. <laughs> well, that's not totally true, but... <laughs> 
It, it is the, maybe the most traumatized I've ever been as being was confronted she, about that. Was she like how stern was she? But I'm curious to how she handled it. I was. It was more just concern, not really. I, nobody was okay. mad at me. And then I had to sit down and talk oh, with my God, dad. That's cringy. Yeah. That okay. Yeah. So, that's mortifying enough. Ooh, yeah. I. I found when I was probably also about that age, um, we had like Windows Media Player, you know, and that was about the time I was starting to really get into music. And I was, I was just on say, just starting to get really into porn. Or <laughs> really, that was where my addiction started. Um, Hi, I'm Sydney. <laughs> I'm a porn addict. Um, no, but I was, you know, I was like 10 or 11. I had no concept or interest in that really a concept, mm-hmm. like concept of or interest in that. Um, and I, but I was like really super into like music and I was getting into that at the time. And I was like just kind of going through a Windows media player and there was like all the tabs for like songs, videos mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, I wonder like if anyone has any videos on here. Uh-huh. And this was like our old <laughs> Dell 2002 desktop computer. And I go into videos and I see a ton of videos on our <laughs> music video thing. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And one of the videos was Eminem's Superman, like, uncut, unedited video of that, where he's just literally, like, on a, in a pile of women. And okay, and okay. then, like, I was like, okay, there's, so cool. there's an Eminem video. And then the next video I click on was, and I still vividly remember it. It was kind of traumatizing, honestly. But it was, like, a guy laying completely naked on a kitchen countertop and a woman on top of him. And it was full-on dick. Yeah. Full on penetration. (laughs) And I, you know, I knew what I was looking at, but I was like, what, like, what, (laughs) you know, I didn't know anything about internet porn or anything like that. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, what the shit is this? And so I didn't tell anyone about it because I was afraid I would get in trouble for some reason. You know, that little kid thing of like, oh God. And then I remember like, I totally forgot about it and look at it again. And like three or three weeks or a month later, my mom picks me up from school and she's like, I have to ask you a question. <laughs> she's like, have you like put any videos on our computer? And I was like, and you're like, no, <laughs> I was like, no, but I did find something a while back on our windows media player. And she was like, Oh my God. And like, she freaked out. She was like, what did you see? And I told her and she's like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then like i don't know if we ever found out like you know it could have been downloaded by a virus or something from our computer i'm not sure or maybe it was i really have no idea who it was to this <laughs> dangerous day. to speculate but i like vaguely remember my mom like having a whole argument with my stepdad like oh, asking no. him if it was him oh, no. and i could like hear it from like Jeez. across the the uh, the house. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a, a terrible episode to do in front of a new guest. <laughs> and we can't even cut it because she'll know. She'll like, know. She knows everything we there. talked about. Yeah, I just was talking about my mom finding porn on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is staying, so. <laughs> also, do you remember those halcyon days when people were, like, upset about Eminem? Like, yes. those simpler times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was slightly... He talks about nipples and his mom's tits. I was slightly upset about Eminem, but for different reasons. I stayed at my buddy's house all the time. Because you kind of look like him? Well, you know. But he he would fall asleep to Eminem, like, full blast. (laughs) And so it developed a slight hatred for Eminem. Oh, yeah, that'd do it. (laughs) It's like a little brainwashy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, uh, so for me, for technology-wise, so I have a lot of 
moral questions that are already starting to arise as far as technology goes in regards to AI and virtual reality and all this stuff as it is. So I'm sure in 20 years, it's just going to be 10 yeah. times more questions are going to bring on more mm-hmm. qu- answers. Are just going to bring more questions and more and more. So like for, uh, I think virtual reality is going to be my main concern with kids. I don't think you, they'll, I don't think I would let mm-hmm. my kids get into it too soon, especially if emerge, immersion becomes so much bigger. Right. Like if it starts to become more of a, uh, inserting your psyche into a video game type situation. <laughs> like, where's that going? <laughs> <laughs> you just heard insert and then your mind ran with it. Well, you paused and I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, so like completely going into immersing into a video game. Right. Like, a, I don't know if you guys ever watched the anime, like Sword Art Online type of thing. Like oh my you gosh, plug that yourself like ruined my into... life for a weekend, that anime. <laughs> yeah. It got really bad and I stopped caring. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so if something like that, definitely, like you want to monitor your kids because there's yeah, you can't that's too much control one hundred percent everything that they're going to absolutely. But you absolutely, can, yeah. Uh, I was you just said about technology made me think uh, what like getting to the point where you have actual body modification mm-hmm. to uh oh yeah for technology like. That's. I feel like that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be anything real crazy, or mm. well, probably will be crazy, but it won't be like I have like a bionic dick now. Or <laughs> I. You could have chosen so many bionic cooler things. I know. Why'd you go I straight keep, there? I'm trying to not look at Dominica because I. <laughs> <laughs> She's just judging you really hardcore. She just has this. Like, oh my god! <laughs> what am I watching? <laughs> but. but uh, <laughs> But yeah, like I, th- I think that there'll be like <laughs> more brain stuff. I'm like, sorry. It's <laughs> okay. We'll have to cut the part out where she ran out of the room. <laughs> 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 this is another episode I really don't want my parents to listen to. That's how I feel about literally. And I remember that your mom listens to this too, and that gets yeah. weird for me. There's nothing I, I can do about that I at this our, point. Our mom listens to it intermittently, so oh, oh great! It's just all our moms listen to. <laughs> oh my god, Torrance! <laughs> we should just do a special episode that we record with all of our moms. Yes. Just sitting on the couch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, before you distract us with bionic, dick, oh, where were you going with that? Sorry. Um, like uh, I don't know, like brain. Uh, I, f- I feel like we're we're getting to the point where we can control stuff with our brains. I've already got like some. Like the neural lacing that we were talking yeah. about earlier. They've got bionic arms that you can uh, yeah. manipulate. Uh, pretty. Well, I think one of the questions... Oh, sorry, you can continue. I don't want to cut you off. Well, that, I mean, that was it, but I, I feel like that's going to... Uh, brain-controlled things is going to be a mm-hmm. thing. And then I feel like I'm going to be this old codger that's like, well, they can hack into your brains. And all the young people <laughs> are like, Grandpa, it doesn't work like that. You're a moron. Like... But I feel like that's going to be a fear that I'll have. Yeah. And everyone else, all the younger people are like, it's fine. Like, we all mm-hmm. do it. It's fine. Well, I have a separate thought to that. And this could be an entire other podcast episode. But, um, like, right now the concern is that we're going to eventually create an AI that could surpass us cognitively and that we won't be able to keep up with. The singularity. And so, yeah, the singularity kind of kind of argument. But then you have, like, people, like Elon Musk has talked about this. A few other people have talked about integrating ai into human consciousness so that they're able to keep up with that which oh, yeah. isn't that kind of crazy just that whole concept it's super crazy it's yeah. an abomination it is, I, I don't even know what i think about that it raises a lot of questions for me so <laughs> yeah. i just don't know it does it's like um did you ever read i feel like i talked about this on a recent podcast but have you guys read we are uh, legion we are bob 
It's I, a, I remember you talking about it. Yeah, I think I was talking about it with Sydney. It's really good. It's about a guy who uh, wants to stay alive basically forever. He's like a young programmer, sold like some, okay. made made a couple million dollars real quickly. So he's like, oh, I'm going to sign up for this cryogenics thing, and so they can mm-hmm. bring me back later if I die. And he does that, and he, whenever he wakes up, he realizes that he's not himself anymore. He's well, he is, but what he is is uh, his brain has been downloaded into an AI. So he has a lot of like questions about, am I really me? I have all my mm. memories and everything, and but my like we were bo- talking- yeah, but my body and my brain, yeah, every we were part talking of it about like, teleportation. teleportation. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. Same, uh, what episode? I, I don't remember. That what was the that uh, was, Philadelphia experiment. That's episode. right. Yeah. So, like, if you're totally taken apart and then put back together out of different material, but you're still you. Are you the same soul? Yeah. Like, are you the same person? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about then? Uh, I don't ever <laughs> know with you, Dorn. So, <laughs> I'm my brain is a confusing place. Uh, That's okay. Torrance has been very sick. Yes. Yes, he has. Poor Torrance. And I uh, hope you guys don't get it. Yeah, we do too. Alex, We're gonna do burn you your have mic. A... a tickle in your throat? Or... Yeah, no, I would <laughs> no, say... No, that's not... <laughs> I was asking about the, the fucking hypothetical. Now I can't even think. I would say for me it would be... I, I don't know what the technology will be specifically. I know it'll be a billion <laughs> times crazier because like in the last three years we have like viable in-home virtual reality so Mm -hmm. in another 20 years i have no idea but Mm -hmm. i fear a world where the problem of using technology and artificial experiences and all of that um becomes more of a supplement for not having a happy fulfilled life yeah right um and Mm -hmm. i you know it it, there there becomes philosophical questions about Mm -hmm. what is an experience after a certain point Mm -hmm. if you know if the the qualia of that experience Mm -hmm. is, is sufficient enough, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I would fear, uh, you know, kids growing up in a world where they're unhappy because they don't have friends or they're not liked or they don't feel like they fit in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a much more sinister way than we, you know, you'd look at like D and D as a form of escapism, like Mm -hmm. just fulfilling your life through artificial means to try Mm -hmm. to find a, a fake happy, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, I think you see that now a little bit yeah. with social media where people want to project like, you know, no one ever, well, there's, there's those people on Facebook where all they do is post about how bad things are. But mm-hmm. the majority of people use Facebook as basically a highlight mm-hmm. reel for how great their life is. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I see that only getting more complex and something you have to be yeah. more mindful of as yeah. time goes on. But uh, I would rather my kids be into like E3 be like a StarCraft or a well, actually not League of Legends. I think those people are can be the scum of the earth. But <laughs> rather that over like Call of Duty kids, you know, because they're just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are like the thirteen-year-olds that you get, mm-hmm. like I don't know, calling you noob mm-hmm. and bullshit like that, and being just super really racist, boring, and, and yeah. misogynistic, making really and, awful accusations about your mm-hmm. mother. Yeah. <laughs> well, that yeah, that would be something that I would want to keep them away from. That that weird. You don't want your culture. kid to be a troll. No, like I would probably like disable their like disable YouTube yeah. comments too. Yeah. Like <laughs> like if I had like a I don't know, or I had like kid friendly internet or whatever, where you could like make all these like settings. I yeah, would probably... I got that installed on my computer after yep. I talked with my mom. So. <laughs> And like the net nanny or whatever. The net, net nanny. nanny. <laughs> yeah. 
I was once, uh, I was, well, I guess I can say this. I was uh, doing uh, graying papers in the writing center at JBU, and uh, yeah. one of the students came in with his laptop, and I tried to uh, go navigate away to look something up, like owl.purdue or something, and uh, as soon as I typed it in, this, like, this cartoon woman came up like waggling her finger at me oh my and gosh. says so net nanny still has you blocked out for another 20 minutes or something oh and that gosh. kid's face turned so so red oh no that's so yeah no actually i had a friend at jbu whose parents literally had like this uh software i don't know if it was net nanny but like his parents could monitor everything he's doing on his computer at all times yeah and he was like it had locked him out at certain hours of the day and it like would only let him have access to like word docs and stuff i think that's super good for kids for college students (laughs) yeah oh he was a college (laughs) (laughs) well i mean for like i thought we switched over and we're talking about like no college teenagers okay college student you need to jump off his dick there mom okay i'm just gonna leave that one alone <laughs> you gotta cut the cord at some point That was pseudophiles. <laughs> this, this has been the satanic panic. <laughs> did you uh, did you ever get to say the thing you wanted to say, Alex? Yeah. So hard pause. So in case this has to be cut because okay. I'm, I'm I'm not the best memory, so I might just be like inceptioning myself about a conversation that. Happened. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so on the Mothman episode, Sydney, I thought had brought up like a local <laughs> legend of some kind that was kind of Mothman esque, like a. What's the term for like creatures like that? Like um, cryptid? cryptid, cryptid. Like mm-hmm. there's like an Arkansas cryptid. I think we did talk about an Arkansas cryptid, but I can't remember which one. Uh, there was the deer one we talked about at one point. The ghost light. There's a ghost light one. I don't know what that voice was. <laughs> I don't know, but I like that. I think I was. Tr- so there, there's <laughs> was multiple. Your Mercury? There's like multiple Arkansas cryptids. Uh, there? Yeah. There, yeah. There's there was some something. kind of cat in the, the, the cat one. I think yeah. that's the one you talked Is about. Is it? Um, and then I also on some episode. I don't know if this one was even aired. I don't even think this episode was aired that I'm about to talk about. But Probably. I talked about like the California ghost deer. Yeah, that yeah. one. That one we didn't air. I didn't think so. Yeah, never mind. So. I recently uh, went to Eureka Springs with my wife for the weekend, and we did a ghost tour. Yeah. And this ghost tour was pretty, pretty legit. We didn't do the Crescent. We actually went all around Eureka okay. Springs and saw like cool. all this haunted stuff. Oh. And we got trained how to use a, um, a uh, electromagnetic electro- EMF, EMF meter. And we mm. also learned how to use Sam a, um, <laughs> That's we also used, learned how to use a uh, pendulum. Okay. Oh. So I propose that we find a Arkansas cryptid or haunted location and we do an on-site special episode of Pseudophiles. Yes. I think that's pretty fun. We've talked about doing like an on-site episode We've of some kind. We've been wanting to get more interactive. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. I'm all for and this. I, w- I would be down for that. I would, I would, I would fund this. I would do a sponsored episode. <laughs> a sponsored of, of episode? This, nice. I like this it. This outing. We've got, uh, uh, ben says he's got a GoPro also. I do have a GoPro. Yes. I actually may have a location that we could do if you want to do a ghost one. Okay, Where? Well, where I grew up in Edo, Oklahoma, they're known for two things. One is the world's largest McDonald's. Two is for the... Is that that one that goes over like it's a bridge? Yeah. Yes, that, yeah, that one. place is scary, dude. <laughs> the, second, there. the second one is uh, the Eastern State Hospital, which was the largest um, oh, geez. insane asylum 
quote unquote, in Oklahoma, and it's abandoned now. Oh my god, that sounds. I feel like there's nothing so that more could be terrifying fun. Than that sounds really terrifying. Asylum. All I'm saying is, my wife was like one of the only people on that tour to be able to get the pendulum to swing with her mind. So like, you're nice. in good shape to find ghosts. Sweet. Is what I'm trying to tell you. I like that. I'm a. I'm all for this. Yeah. I also wanted to do uh, Bigfoot hunting too. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, we it's need more good ideas like this. Yeah, as long as we don't run into any bears, I'm cool with that. I, I'd rather run into a bear than a ghost. No, that's not no, true at all. That's either. not true at all. Bear will kill you. A ghost will just mess you up <laughs> mentally. This D and D episode needs to happen though. For real, oh, it will. It will happen. Okay. I don't. <laughs> this we are like I'm so self conscious about this episode because we've like. The cart's gone so far off the track. <laughs> That's okay. Apparently, we, we're killing it. We always bring audience, it around. So. We always bring it around. I, I don't know how, yeah, from beginning to end, with the main theme seemed to be pornography. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to title this one uh, <laughs> Satanic porn. Pornography. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. Have you ever watched Satanic Porn? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either. Let's There's a lot Google of books it. written about yeah. that. No, case. we're not going to Google it. We're not Googling that. I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. I might Google it. Okay. I'm so, uh, curious now. Okay, so that was that that was your plug. Well, do you have a, something that you would like to promote today? Man, you know, I I wish I did. So, we were talking about this before the episode started, uh-huh. but I'm I'm still doing stuff as Panic Station, but I haven't okay. posted anything in a while because I've like 50 million side projects mm-hmm. I want to do at all times, so mm-hmm. I, I don't really have anything new to share with people. Cool. Um Everyone Which, should go listen to Melodrama by Lord because it's like being grossly underappreciated right I've now. Heard good things. Okay. Um, that's all I got. I do love cool. Lord. Yeah, cool. she really needs a plug right now too. She's really yeah. hurting. You know? Yeah. But <laughs> Melodrama by Lord. Everyone go listen to it. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, we've really enjoyed having. Wait, Alan. Dominican might. Want, uh, oh yeah, Dominican. Do you have, you have something plug? you want to plug? I'm just going to back up what he said. Okay, cool. Right. cool. Cool. Same Z's. Okay. Gotcha. Well, we're very happy to have had Alex and Dominica on today. Thanks, yes. both of you, for yeah, coming. Absolutely. It's been great having you back on. Likewise. It's always a lot of fun. So we'll definitely do that D&D tournament. Or that D&D, I said yeah, tournament. tournament. Yeah, tournament. I can tell you know about as a much D&D. as focus on the family. About <laughs> <laughs> some D&D at some point. And, yes, uh, please. Yeah, and we can do some of this in the field episodes, possibly in the future. We'll, we'll keep in touch. We'll talk yeah, about it. Let's do it. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Pseudophiles. Please rate and review us on iTunes. It's always appreciated. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and oh, also we, I know that I didn't have the t-shirts up after the last episode, but they should be up now. So they're on our website, www.pseudophiles.com. T-shirt looks great. Right? Pretty pretty sweet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Later.